An electrifying comeback comes up short. Are the Saints making the right decision at quarterback? And did anything good happen in this loss to Atlanta? We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into this Misery Monday episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks again, as always, for making us your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget that we're free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube as well. I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson, NOLA on Twitter, Canal Street Chronicles, Locked On NFL, and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. And the New Orleans Saints almost did it, right? 18-point deficit clawed their way back into it. A bit of an electrifying fourth quarter comeback with just eight minutes left in the game. And unfortunately, they come up short thanks to what is a game of inches. We talk about it all the time. It is a game of inches. And that's why half a step by Paul Sinadibo makes all the difference on a 64-yard completion to Cordero Patterson down the right sideline that helped put the Falcons in field goal range in a solid, you know, one of the better kickers of the NFL in Young Way Koo being able to knock it through, even though the Saints almost stole it. They almost got away with it. Marcus Davenport punching the ball out of Mike Davis's hands on a handoff there. Mike Davis getting a little bit too cute uh, on trying to run the clock down a little bit. It almost uh, gave the ball back to New Orleans, but New Orleans unable to come up with that takeaway. And the Saints actually had no takeaways in this game, but we'll talk about why that was important a little bit later on. Uh, I want to start off with what it is that is the reason that the New Orleans Saints weren't able to uh, complete this comeback. We'll start with the big story, which of course comes down to the pass catchers. Now. I would love to be talking about Trevor Simeon here because I actually think Trevor Simeon played a good game. And and I want to be very clear about this. When we're talking about the passing game being subpar in this one and being something that was of detriment to the New Orleans Saints, doesn't really have a lot to do with the quarterback. Sure, Trevor Simeon had a couple of passes that he probably wants back, some that were too high. He had one behind Kenny Stills at one point at the goal line. Those are certainly ones I'm sure that he would want back. But I can comfortably say that Trevor Simeon, in my opinion, did not cost the New Orleans Saints the game. Now, on his he ended up getting sacked and fumbled at one point. And on that sack fumble, he credits himself saying that his drop back was too deep. He got too much depth on his drop back there. And that's what ended up opening up the opportunity for the uh, the, the defensive end to get around Teron Armstead. Of course, Teron Armstead wants to take the blame for that sack, whatever. But outside of that, I don't really see any way to really look at Trevor Simeon and say Trevor Simeon was the problem here. I think Trevor Simeon had a nice game, uh, 24 of 41 for 249 yards and two touchdowns. Remember how long it took for the Saints to get over 200 yards to open up the season. You had pass catcher problems throughout this entire game, and you still almost got 250 yards passing out of it and a pair of touchdowns, and you still threw 41 times. Now, there's a lot of context in there, so let's get to that context, and we'll start with the pass catchers. Um, Like we mentioned, 25 of 41 is what the count was for Trevor Simeon. It could have been probably 30 of 41. Maybe he wouldn't have even needed 41 passes at that point because you had five drops in the first half. The New Orleans Saints had more drops, or excuse me, as many drops and penalties in the first half as they had catches in the first half, which is five, only five catches in the first half. Five of 11, uh, Trevor Simeon went. And again, it wasn't really Trevor Simeon's fault. Some of those passes were right where they needed to be. And some of them were complicated plays. Kenny Stills having to go up to make a couple of, uh, of, of plays that he wasn't able to finish up. But those are plays that have to get made if you want to be a good team. And they were not made. And pass catcher continues once again to headline the issues for the New Orleans Saints. 
And I would love to say again this season, but really we've been talking about pass catcher in New Orleans for the past four years because we've been saying who's going to be the guy opposite Michael Thomas. Great that Michael Thomas went out there and caught 149 passes in one season, but who was going to be the guy opposite? Now, you know, the Saints have done some things. They went out, they tried to get Adam Humphreys. They weren't able to do that. They tried to trade for Emmanuel Sanders, weren't able to do that. So then they signed him the following offseason. They brought in Jared Cook. They brought in enough. And then you look over at the uh, the trade deadline this season, uh, tried to get Odell Beckham Jr., tried to get Darius Slayton, but unfortunately weren't able to. So there's a lot of trying to, uh, but not always being able to address the issue. And now it is it is glaringly obvious that it's an issue, particularly when there was the opportunity to address this position over the course of the offseason, knowing that Michael Thomas wasn't going to be back for the beginning of the season. So with all of that information, this thing still didn't really do anything at the pass catcher spot. And now we don't get the luxury of saying, oh, that pass was dropped. No worries. Michael Thomas will catch that pass. Or the receivers are struggling to get open. No worries. Michael Thomas is going to show up. He's always open and he'll draw the attention of the defense, which will open up other players. That's just no longer a reality for the New Orleans Saints at this point because Michael Thomas is not coming back. So with that being the case, these pass catchers have to get better as they are. And I know that, you know, Odo Beckham Jr. is set to be a free agent. He's expected to pass through waivers. There's still a chance he gets picked up through waivers, but the expectation is that he won't. And then he'll become a free agent. And the New Orleans Saints are reportedly on his list of teams that he's interested in, but so are Seattle and so is uh, the San Francisco. And who's to say that Odo Beckham Jr. doesn't look at them as more of a competitor than the New Orleans Saints, right? I'm sure he can look at the New Orleans Saints and say, hey, I can help them because the Saints made that glare blatantly obvious today, but are they enough of a competitor at this point to attract Odo Beckham Jr.? That is what remains to be seen, and we won't know until a decision is made. So the New Orleans Saints still struggling at pass catcher there, at the skill position. Um, Lots of penalties in this one as well. Another big issue for them, 10 penalties for 74 yards. Again, five of those penalties in the first half, seven penalties on the offense, most by the offense so far this season, killed two drives that ended up getting into Atlanta territory. Um, some of those penalties, so not great there. To where the New Orleans Saints were not only battling against a uh, Atlanta Falcons team that was that showed up ready to fight, but they were having a battle against themselves. And one of the things that we talked about when it came to the keys to victory for this game was that New Orleans couldn't give Atlanta the help that they needed, and they absolutely did. Uh, and one of the ways that they did that was through penalties. The other part was the defense. Um, this was not the New Orleans Saints defense that we were accustomed to seeing all season. Um, they gave up six plays of 20 or more yards in this one, and they played non-complimentary football because you're giving up you're giving up those big plays. You are the best red zone defense coming into this game, and you give up three touchdowns in the red zone. You give up a deficit of 24 to six at one point to where the only thing that was consistently working for you on the offensive side was the run game, and you could no longer rely on it because the other team is scoring too much. Um, three red zone touchdowns, scores a lot at pivotal points, and no turnovers despite the fact that there were two forced fumbles in this one, one of which was on special teams and the other was Marcus Adamport at the end of the game, but you weren't able to capitalize on him. So the opportunistic defense that we saw last week that put the game away for the New Orleans Saints wasn't there for the Saints this game against the Atlanta Falcons. So far from a perfect game for the New Orleans Saints on offense, on defense, wherever it is that you want to point a finger and you can't expect the team to go out there and play a perfect game every single week. But is that what the New Orleans Saints are going to need moving forward to the rest of the season? Very thin margin of error. And so it kind of makes you question, did the New Orleans Saints make the right decision at quarterback with Trevor Simeon? Should they go with Taysom Hill moving forward? We'll talk why or why not. And I'll give you my opinion as we continue on with today's episode. Very quickly, want to point out 
The New Orleans Saints had a couple of injuries in this game. Peyton Turner was injured at one point, but did come back, left arm injury. And then CJ Gardner-Johnson had an injury. It looked like a right toe or right foot. He ended up being carted off from the sideline. So we'll see if he's going to miss any time and what uh, information we get as we continue on throughout the week. So we'll continue to keep you up to date with that. But next, we're going to talk quarterbacks for the New Orleans Saints. We, you know, we knew hot button uh, topic was going to be wide receivers, pass catchers, but quarterback has been a hot button topic for the New Orleans Saints as well. So let's press it. Let's talk about it some more as we continue on with today's episode of Locked On Saints. And hey, look, if you're like me, you're switching around all the time and you want to make sure you're getting your favorite live TV, you're getting your live sports, you're getting your favorite movies, your game shows, everything it is that you love to watch as well as highlights. And in order to do that, you have to go to a different app for each of those things. And it drives you nuts over time. I know it drove me nuts over time. That's why I switched to DirecTV Stream. So I want to tell you about them real quick. DirecTV Stream, it's awesome. Uh, Works on a bunch of different compatible devices. All you have to do is download the app and then it allows you to move seamlessly between live sports, live television, your favorite TV shows, your favorite movies, uh, highlights, clips, everything it is so that you're not using a bunch of different devices. You're not using a bunch of different accounts or apps or anything like that. It's all in one place, helping you get your TV together. It's absolutely fantastic. And best of all, there's not even a contract for this thing. So you're not stuck into anything at all. You just get to enjoy this service. It's awesome. Uh, I, I cannot speak highly enough of it. You've seen all the great commercials about it, but let me tell you my own personal testimony, which is that this stuff has been Awesome. Easiest way to catch it, of course, is head over to directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device is required and content varies by package. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Thanks again for making us your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget to check out other awesome locked on podcasts around if you're a locked if you're a new orleans pelicans fan make sure you check out locked on pelicans jake madison nobody does it better than jake over there all right so i want to talk a little bit more about uh the new orleans saints quarterback position did they make the right decision going with trevor simeon and look it was a little bit of a doom and gloom fest talking through what went wrong for new orleans saints but hey if we're going to talk about why a loss happened let's not sugarcoat anything right let's talk about why a loss happened And I I wanted to be very clear at the very beginning of the episode that I don't think that this loss happened because of the Saints' decision at quarterback, but should they make a different decision moving forward? How do those two things equate? So here's the deal. I don't put this loss on Trevor Simeon. I think Trevor Simeon actually played a a really nice game, actually. Uh, Again, that, that 25 of 41 looks a lot different for 249 yards or two touchdowns looks a lot different if it's, you know, if you take away those five drops and you make those all completions then all of a sudden you're talking about 30 of 41. You're probably looking at over 300 passing yards and maybe even looking at another touchdown, depending upon how the rest of that drive shakes out. But you know that's that's easy to say, right? If these things weren't these things, but were these things instead, then they're good, right? So like, what is that? But when it comes down to it, if you look at where the New Orleans Saints are, should they make a different decision moving forward at quarterback? Might not actually have anything to do with the quarterback position. Might have everything to do with the lack of pass catching ability that this offense has set to or has shown to consistently have outside of maybe Deontay Harris and of course Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram now stuff like that. So, but when it comes to these other receivers, these tight ends, the Saints have struggled here, and it kind of makes you wonder why. And maybe we'll get more information about this later on throughout the week. But kind of makes you wonder why Juwan Johnson was uh, in, in it was inactive in this game in a healthy scratch. Because it seems like taking away receiving options from a struggling receiving core maybe wasn't the best choice. But, you know, hey, look, it, it is as it is. But 
when it comes down to it, if the New Orleans Saints are going to be moving forward, which this is very likely, if the New Orleans Saints are going to be moving forward with this receiving core as it is, this pass catcher core as it is, is Trevor Simeon the best quarterback for this situation? Or do you potentially or perhaps move to Taysom Hill just so that you have someone that can do something when the pass catching options aren't there and you set up sort of one re- a one read offense that allows him to make one read on one side of the field, which is actually like three reads on one side of the field, right? But make a read to one side of the field and then tuck and run, right? Is it helpful when you know that you're not going to have or that when you're expecting inefficiency from your pass catchers to have a mobile quarterback? Is that the right choice that to, to, to sort of move ahead with? I, I don't know if it is because then you're sort of game planning for you're game planning for ineptness. And I don't think that that's a wise decision from a coaching or a game planning or, or, or whatever standpoint. I think you game plan expecting the best of your team, not trying to get ahead of its you know potential inefficiencies. And so I think that the Saints have made the right decision here with, Tays- with, with Trevor Simeon, excuse me, and perhaps getting Taysom Hill more involved as a pass catcher is actually what's more necessary because Taysom Hill's a pretty consistent pass catcher for you. Now, this was Taysom Hill's first game back since that brutal hit that he took against the Washington football team that led him to be in concussion protocol for like a month. So I'm not really all that surprised to see uh, sort of the lack of, let's just say, usage when it comes to Taysom Hill in this game, although we did see him a couple of times. I don't know that you shift and try to sort of head off at the pass the inefficiencies of your pass catching core by making a change at the quarterback position because you're expecting the pass catchers to fail. I don't think that that's a wise decision uh, or or a very good decision from a team building perspective, from a confidence building perspective, and from a coaching perspective. So if you add to this receiver core, you find some way to help out this receiver core, then all of a sudden, and, and again, receiving core comes down to pass catchers as a whole, right? That includes tight ends. If you're able to bolster this pass catching room or these pass catching groups a little bit more, then Trevor Simeon makes a ton of sense. Trevor Simeon, very patient. He didn't have a lot of pressure on him in this one. The Atlanta Falcons only had four active defensive linemen for this game. One of them ended up getting hurt at one point and they were gassed throughout the entire game. So there was not a lot of pressure on uh, Trevor Simeon. There was one badly timed uh, pass rush that got through that created a sack fumble and the only turnover of the game. but. For the most part, Trevor Simeon was calm, cool, collected, didn't get frustrated when these passes were being dropped, continued to have faith in those receivers that did drop passes because those receivers, each and every one of them ended up showing up later. Uh, Adam Troutman had a big drop early on in the game, but was vital in the two-minute uh, touchdown, the two-minute drive that led to uh, the touchdown toward the end of the game that allowed them to take the lead. Um, Kenny Stills had a couple of plays that he could have made but did not make. And then later on, he's the one that caught the touchdown that gave the Saints the 25 to 24 lead. Marquez Callaway had a drop at one point, caught a touchdown at another. Deontay Harris had a drop at one point and then ended up being continuing to be the Saints' best receiver as he's been so far this entire season. So with all of that, you saw these receivers step up to the plate just too little too late, as Trevor Simeon himself said. And then beyond that, it was the players around on the opposite side of the ball that ended up giving up the game, quote unquote, if you will. Because again, it's a game of inches and Paul Sinadivo had one half step that pulled him down from Cordero Patterson and Cordero Patterson got open over the top for a big 64-yard catch and run that 
led to Young Wei Koo being in position to kick the field goal to, to get the win. So when you break it down and you sort of look at, okay, this led to this, this led to this, this led to this, I think that there's enough for you to say, okay, maybe the New Orleans Saints ended up having a bad game here, but there's enough to sort of look at and say, there are easy ways to make fixable adjustments moving forward to help this team uh, excel moving ahead. But the biggest issue is going to continue to be pass catcher, not pass thrower, not the passer. They're actually doing fine there. I thought Trevor Simeon, again, did a good job. So what do you do to help bolster this receiving core, these pass catchers? Again, Odell Beckham Jr. is an option, but is he going to come to New Orleans? Is he? And, and does the fact that New Orleans is home for him do enough to make him feel like he can come back and sort of be that big, you know, is that story enough for him? I, I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. So I, I think the Saints are in fine position when it comes to the quarterback to continue to move ahead with Trevor Simeon. Ideally, we see Taysom Hill get a little bit more involved as a skill position player, but again, you want him to be healthy and you want to be safe around that. And I completely understand. So big question mark there in terms of where this, what the Saints do to get better moving forward. But there were still some positive things to take away from this game with every loss we always like here on Locked on Saints to leave on a good note. So we're going to try to leave on a good note. What went well for the New Orleans Saints? The list is not long, but the list is important. So let's talk about it as we wrap up and finish up today's episode of Locked on Saints. But first, let me tell you something good about our friends over at Built.com. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market, as well as several other fantastic products. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. If you haven't tried Built Bar yet, you are missing out. They say it's a protein bar. I hear them when they say that to me, but they taste like a candy bar covered in 100% chocolate, incredible, amazing flavors that you just simply won't believe. You have a bunch of protein bars out there that are chalky, that are kind of gross. You kind of have to choke them down a little bit. And, and every time you have a protein bar, you're getting the protein that you need, sure, but at what cost, right? Here, there's no, there's no compromise, right? You have a protein bar, you get the protein that you need, but you're not getting an overload of sugar. You're not getting a bunch of carbs. And perhaps most importantly, these things actually taste good. So you don't have to sit there and struggle and regret eating them. And another great thing about Built Bar comes down to those mouth-watering flavors you can choose from. So many fantastic flavors. And there are always limited time flavors as well that cycle in every three or four days or so. So if you're going to want to keep up over at the website, built.com, because you do not want to miss out. Go right now to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off of your order. doesn't matter if it's your first order or your next order, 15% off with the promo code LOCKED15 over at built.com. And with that savings, you can have a little bit of fun over at betonline.ag. Don't know how you felt about the New Orleans Saints going into this one, six-point favorites, but if you felt good about it, eh, maybe not the greatest bet. But if you were like, hey, Weird things happen in division games. So you might have walked away with a little bit of money in this one. And if you like going for the favorites, you can do things like parlays as well. Put down a little bit, but extend it over a bunch of games, hit those multipliers, and then end up walking away with a nice payout. And if you if football is not your thing, but you love betting on basketball, end of year awards, UFC, MMA, or you just want to play your favorite Vegas casino games, betonline.ag has you covered. And we've got you covered as well. Because if you're a new customer signing up at betonline.ag for the first time, when you put down your first deposit, use the promo code Locked On L O C K E D O N all one word all caps, so you can get a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code Locked On, so you can get a fifteen percent welcome. Bo- excuse me, a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Get everything you need through the twenty twenty one 
season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Let's get it. Huda Nation wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints as we always try to end up whenever the Saints have these losses, which are rare, the New Orleans Saints losses. Uh, we try to end on a happy note, right? Try to end on a good note here. And, and look, I'll be honest, there's not a lot of good notes from, from this game, but there are a couple and there are some things to take away from here. This is still a very good team. The fact that this team was as competitive as they were in a situation where they were down 18 points, doesn't matter who the opponent is, in a situation where they were down 18 points on their effectively their third string quarterback and mounted a comeback is pretty impressive. It's just that not everything went exactly the right way. And the New Orleans Saints can't be a team that relies on things going perfectly every game because things are never going to go perfectly every game, right? Not enough for you to win into January, into the playoffs, throughout the playoffs, anything like that. If this is a team that wants to be competitive, um, they're going to have to be able to win when things don't go perfectly. And they almost did that today. They were very close to doing that today, but they didn't get to wrap it up entirely. So this New Orleans Saints team is a good team. They just need some help at that pass catcher position. And if that pass catcher spot can be improved, whether it's with the players that are in the building, which I think we're all kind of questioning if that can happen at this point. And I think understandably so. Like It's understandable to question that talent right now. It makes perfect sense based on what, what we've seen and specifically also what we saw in this loss to the Atlanta Falcons. So if the New Orleans Saints can improve when it comes to pass catching, then all of a sudden this team becomes quite a bit better. The defense played an uncharacteristic game on Sunday. They played a very uncharacteristic game in this loss. And so I think you can rely on this defense to not have the same issues. Um, they usually don't give up those big chunk plays. They usually don't give up you know, nobody over the middle of the field, seemingly several times covering the middle of the field. They, that's not usually stuff that they give up. Usually this New Orleans Saints defense is doing enough that the Saints on the offensive side can focus on running the ball, which worked in this game. But unfortunately, they weren't able to focus there. They were averaging 4.4 yards per carry on 25 carries, 109 yards total on the ground, while limiting Atlanta to just 34 yards rushing. The Saints run defense continues to be dominant. They allowed less than two yards per carry in this game. And I believe their leading rusher was, uh, no, okay, their leading rusher ended up being Mike Davis in this one. But for a long time, their leading rusher was Matt Ryan. And I think that's a pretty okay situation for you to be in. Uh, Alvin Kamara had 50 rushing yards. Mark Ingram had 43 rushing yards. He's 20 yards away from the Saints' all-time rushing record. He'll probably get that in Tennessee next week. And so if the New Orleans Saints can, can get back to playing complementary style of, uh, of football on the defensive side that complements their offense, which wants to run the ball and rack up 150 or so rushing yards, then I think that that is where you can find some solace in this game. Because a lot of what went wrong for the Saints on the defensive side was uncharacteristic. They knew what to expect coming into this game. We knew what to expect coming into this game. We talked about it. Cordero Patterson, Kyle Pitts, those are the only two weapons that they have. Here And yes, you got, you know, a couple of different players that got involved. Russell Gage got involved, particularly over the course of the first half, but was disappeared in the second half. And then Zacharias ended up with two touchdowns, which was less than ideal. But again, those were red zone touchdowns. Those are really his only receptions. His only targets were in the red zone. And that's usually where this New Orleans Saints defense is much better than what we saw on Sunday. So I think you can expect this defense to continue to get better. We've seen the evidence over and over again. I've seen a lot of people trying to rip the defense and 
this is typical Dennis Allen defense and the defense doesn't close games out and things like that. When we've seen the defense close games out several times already this season. Last week, the defense was in the exact same position that they were in this week, but the cookie crumbled differently this time than the cookie crumbled last week. So sometimes that's going to happen. The Saints right now are two and two on games decided by a single score so far this season. You want to see them get better there. You want to see them get better there. And and I think that they can. The biggest question mark is going to be, can they get better at, at, at pass catcher? And the good news for the Saints is that they have a quarterback that can do enough Right, he has done enough in, in in Trevor Simeon, but they have to improve that pass catching group. And either it's with the players that are already there, or it's by bringing somebody in. And whether that's Odell Beckham Jr., which would be great, be lovely to just have an all pro fall into your lap to help bolster your team. That'd be awesome. Uh, but you know, otherwise, it's you know De- uh, Deontay Harris, who has been incredibly um, uh, uh, reliable for you so far this season, and maybe one other receiver just get into rhythm, one other pass catcher get into rhythm. That's it. Like that's how close they are. They're close. They're that close to being a reliably good team. We'll see what they can do when they're on the road. Again, they have been a team that feels like they have been more successful on the road than they have been at home. That's not actually true from a record standpoint, but the games look cleaner away from home. We'll see if they're able to do that again. And if the defense rebounds off of the performance that they had this week, they're very disappointed by this. What ends up happening with CJ Gardner Johnson out? The good news is that the Saints have, again, we always went in on the good note here. The Saints have the personnel that they need in the secondary to be able to make up for it, right? PJ Williams can play in the slot. Bradley Roby can play in the slot. Paulson Adebo got a lot of work in the slot over the course of the offseason as well. Do they feel like Paulson Adebo needs a little bit of time to kind of sit and chill for a little while? Fine. They've got Bradley Roby who can step into that. The New Orleans Saints have the players that they need to be very, very good. They have them. It's just finding the one piece that they are missing, which is that reliable pass catcher and bolstering that pass catching group. They continue to be a team that is just feels like it's one piece away. Even now, knowing that Michael Thomas isn't coming back, still feels like they're one at least move away or one uh, position group away from being a good enough team to continue to be a challenger throughout the rest of the season. So we'll see if the New Orleans Saints can do that. Um, you know, All eyes will be on Odo Beckham Jr. as he hits waivers on Monday. We'll know Tuesday afternoon if he ends up being claimed or if he hits the free agent market. And I think very soon after that, we'll know if he ends up signing. A lot of reports have linked the Saints to Odell. They've also linked Seattle and San Francisco to Odell as well. And a lot of reports coming out saying that Odell wants to go to a competitor. So have the Saints done enough to still remain in that definition as a competitor so far this season? I think I mean, as well as San Francisco has for sure, and maybe as well as Seattle has considering that New Orleans beat Seattle. So we'll see exactly what it is that the New Orleans Saints do and are able to do before they head to their next game against the Tennessee Titans. As always, we'll have you covered every step of the way here throughout the week, Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. Thanks as always for making us your first listen of the day. For your second listen, go and check out the Peacock and Williamson NFL show, a wild weekend around the NFL. Get all the downloads that you need in less than 30 minutes with Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson over at the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. I will see y'all tomorrow, Tuesdays, Analytics Tuesday. We'll dig in. We'll dive a little bit deeper. We'll talk about this loss by the numbers as well as individual standout performances. And then we'll continue on with Film Watch Wednesday, crossover Thursday with our good friend Tyler Rowland of Locked on Titans. And then on Friday, keys to victory so we can do it all over again as the New Orleans Saints travel to Nashville to take on the Tennessee Titans. We'll have all of that. And of course, a little bit of lanyap as we go through the rest of the week. Thanks as always, y'all. I appreciate you for everything in between all that. 
Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them and trust you that nation. I'll holla at you.